Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. It's The Vault Episodes. And this is my first interview. This is my first interview ever. And it was with Regina Carter. And she just put in an album called uh, For Ella, Accentuate the Positive. And I had her booked for 30 minutes. And I sat in a studio waiting for her to call me. And then I realized I was supposed to call her. So I basically got 15 minutes of conversation. She was a good sport. And I think she went a little over for me. And she wasn't stressed. I was stressed. Don't forget to subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore. Also, download the thebox.com. Thebox.com is an online jazz and cool jazz radio station. Once you download that, you'll have access to that Be More Music sound. So thank you very much for listening. And we're going all the way back to my first interview ever with Jazz 101 at Morgan State Radio. It's Regina Carter. From the studios of Morgan State University, WEAA 88.9 FM, this year marks the centennial birthday of Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald recorded over 98 albums and recorded 2,000 songs in her career. She is arguably the best singer of all time. Jazz violinist Regina Carter has released a loving kiss tribute to Ella Fitzgerald called Ella, Accentuate the Positive. We'll be talking to Regina Carter tonight along with her affection of Ella Fitzgerald's music as we discuss her new album. Tonight, it's Words and music with Regina Carter. With Mr. In Between, you got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium liable to walk up. Regina Carter, welcome to Jazz 101. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, when did you first fall in love with Ella Fitzgerald tunes? I fell in love with her as a youngster in my house. There was all kind of music uh, always being played in the house, and I remember putting on, I don't remember the specific album, but finding an album of hers and putting it on and just falling immediately in love with her. I felt a sense of warmth, and I put her on, and I just daydream and just love. And I think once I, once, once I was older, um, then I recognized... Uh, incredible gift she had. Yeah, I agree. To see her, I would see her later career on TV, and I always felt that she was completely professional and just had a great warmth and personality. My thought process, you know, looking back on it, is how, how she was able to, to capture that, and she was experiencing a lot of racism within the country, yes. and how she was able to rise above it and still be, in my opinion, the, the best artist of all time. Oh, yeah. I just, how she powered through that, I, I don't even know, you know, 
being able to deal with with all the the adversity that she had to face. But obviously, uh, singing and music was was her. I say it was her religion. It's the thing that that kept her alive. And I think being guided and 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 taken having uh, Chick Webb take her under his wing, I, I felt like she was being guided because there was just so much in being an orphan orphan being on the street you know for a hot second she was married to a drug dealer you know just it was it was divine intervention that put her with chick webb and that he heard her and took took her under his wing and and the music just really feel like the music probably saved her your recording uh ella accentuate the positive the release is really in tune right with uh like valerie june and rhiannon giddens and artists are really are digging deep into um like slave culture was that a decision on your part of the record Definitely. Um, I, you know, everyone, who doesn't love Ella Fitzgerald? And with this being her 100th birthday, I felt many people would probably do tribute records to her. Um, so with this one, since it was going to be uh, a, a complete tribute to her, I didn't want to do the tunes that everyone usually thinks of uh, when they think of Ella or tunes that everyone else would record. And I wanted to give a different treatment to the arrangements. I wanted it more like an R&B kind of soul, old soul, old school, like Otis Redding, Mavis Staples vibe to it. So... The tunes that I chose, I felt really lent themselves musically in, in the first place to being treated that way. Uh, Ella recorded over 2,000 songs. I looked at them on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's a low ball count. I don't even think that's even <laughs> close. Sure. So uh, nine songs that you were able to whittle down and the treatments that you did on these. Uh, why did you pick these songs in particular? Um, you know, well, the whole process took me about a year. And, it, and I always take a long time with the records because, I, you know, I, I go through all this. I had the box set and then just listening to, to uh, material online, too, and just not only finding tunes that I like, but also tunes that worked for me on my instrument and the way I play them. And, you know, I have many more tunes that w- than what would uh, went on to, made it onto the record, but, you know, sometimes we play them as a band, we try the arrangements, some of them worked, some of them didn't. So it was a whole process of going through and seeing what worked and what didn't. But these tunes, like I said, they weren't necessarily the tunes that people would think of right away. And they're beautiful. They're, you know, it's just, there's so much to choose from. I just, I really tried my best day away from the tunes that most people think of. And there's so much... There was so much to deal with. So she offered us so much. So you know, I wanted to dig in a little deeper and just kind of. I call them. I call them her beast, the B side tune. I uh, looked at each song and looked at the lyrics of the songs because it seems like there's a theme going on of of um, positivity, maybe a, a religion of some sort or a form of happiness. And some other songs accentuate the positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does that as a sermon for happiness where right. you really kind of dig into that song and really do a whole new interpretation of it. Well, you know, that tune is um, that tune was arranged by a pianist uh, and composer Ray Angry. And, uh, the, you know, reading up on all of these tunes, that tune was based off of a sermon given by Father Divine. Uh, that in fact, that verse, you got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. And so I kept that in mind, especially with that tune, and, you know, with, especially with that opening verse, that I wanted that to be like a sermon. That, and, and I had that in mind. And in fact, naming the record Accentuate the Positive, I just definitely felt like we needed that right now with everything, all the craziness going on in the world. Coming on me The topic will be said And that's what I'm against If you wanna hear my 
settle back and just sit tight while I start reviewing the attitude of doing right. Now, Crying in the Chapel is like a B-side. It's from mm-hmm. 1993, or 1953. Why did you pick that song? But very beautiful melody and the words. You know, um, you saw me ch- crying in the chapel, and it's not tears. It's not, it's not tears for sadness, but that she found contentment in the Lord. It was just a very, the melody was just really beautiful in the words as well. Yeah, you kind of s- stuck in that the Chick Webb era up to the 50s mm-hmm. and because Ella was so uh, diverse and she could do every pop song. Yeah. Uh, you kind of stuck in that vein. So some of that is not, uh, I guess, for someone who's younger, would not really fr- be that familiar with these songs. Right. And even, you know, people sometimes forget the, the, the names of the tunes or maybe they've forgotten about the tunes. So a lot of times when I'm doing live shows, especially if it's uh, at a, a club or, or inside at a theater, I'll play a little bit of Ella's original recording. And then people will say, ah, oh, I recognize that tune. And for some people, they don't. But it's just nice for them to be able to hear Ella's a little bit of her version and then hear, hear our version of it. Thank you. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Jazz 101. My name is Tom Gowker, and we are talking with jazz violinist Regina Carter. Regina has just released a loving tribute called Ella, Accentuate the Positive. You know, uh, the song All My Life was from a movie called The Laughing Irish Eyes from 1936. The movie was unforgettable, but All My Life was not. It's a phenomenal song. Poetry. Yeah. Now, was that one of your favorite? Are are these your favorite songs? Are they a a hybrid of, like, things that that are gelling well with your band and you're able to? Because each song, you've, you've taken the essence of it and really reworked it. Yeah, I, you know, I really wanted to do that, again, because I felt like so many people would be doing Ella tribute records. And the point, I think, of doing a tribute record is not to not to try and, you know, I can't sound like Ella anyway on violin, but not to try and do that and not say where it is, but it's to, it's to give a nod to the, to the artist and, and to pay respect, but to move the music forward or to do something creative with it. That's what we're supposed to do. So these tunes not only were tunes that struck something uh, within me, but that the, and they worked musically with the band. The arrangements worked for us. Like I said, there were a couple that didn't make it on the recording, you know, in the end, um, for what whatever reason maybe they just didn't fit the story and i'm still old school when i put a record together <laughs> yeah know, no like... no it, there's a <laughs> it, no it, there's definitely a consistency throughout it reach for I wrote down uh, Reach for Tomorrow. I found that to be a, a phenomenal recording that oh. you did. It's really Thank brilliant. You. Thank you. That's such a beautiful tune. That one, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I have to do this. And it wasn't, you know, even in the beginning when I thought, when I had this whole list of tunes, I, that was one that I thought even if I just recorded it straight down, that would have been fine. But that was another one that Ray Angry arranged for us, and I thought it was really a really beautiful and thoughtful arrangement that he put together. The undecided, really kind of a Dixieland like hop from Chick Webb, and uh, you really made it funky. And uh, Carla did, uh, of Carla Cook did yeah. an excellent job on the vocals. You know, once... She did undecided, and Mickey Braden did accentuate the positive. They're both Detroiters, though. Uh, Judy is a song I never even heard of before. I couldn't find any information on it. I yeah, am confused it's, by it. It's a hard one to find info. And I don't even, you know, when I was do, researching for this record, sometimes I would find information and I'd write it down and I'd say, where did I find that? And I'd have to dig and dig and it'd be days later again. It's like buried deep down. But that tune, um, I couldn't find an actual recording of Ella singing it, but I knew that was the tune that she won the uh, the Apollo. Um, Audition? Yes. Yeah. Um, the 
amateur night at the Apollo. In fact, she was going to dance when she, because she danced was her passion. And she saw a group go out before her, the Edwards sisters. They were so great, she knew she couldn't compete with them, so she decided to sing this tune she had been working on, Judy. And she won um, the amateur night. She was supposed to, I think the grand prize was $100, maybe. It was a 50 or 100 And then a week appearing at the Apollo, they gave her the money. But they didn't allow her to appear because they just said, you know, her look, she just looked too too raggedy or whatever, which is really, really unfortunate. But she, you know, it's Ella Fitzgerald. How do yeah. they feel now? <laughs> yeah, know? how about that? Yeah, she, she won out in the end. Yep. Okay, now I'll have to admit that uh, I'll Chase the Blues Away is my favorite song on this album. It's a total surprise. It was the first song that grabbed my, well, the whole album grabbed my attention. But this one really got to me. I then went back and got the original one from 1935, and I was shocked about what you did to this song. Uh, it is it is phenomenal. Are you seeing any blues, you know, radio stations picking up on this one? Because you really hit it on, on the nail on this one. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? I'm not even sure. I'd have to dig through and see who's picking this up. I, I just got the list the other day, so... Um, that would <laughs> that would be great, but it was you know and that just that was an accident, a happy accident. You know we were just in the in, in rehearsal and playing, playing around, and the bass player started playing a line, and and then all and we and it wasn't even for that tune. I think they, we were just kind of jamming after a rehearsal, and then all of a sudden I stuck that melody on top of it, and I was like, oh, this kind of works. And I laughed at first. I said, okay, and didn't take take it serious. And then I listened back to the rehearsal recording of the rehearsal, and I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, it's a great end piece to the album, and, and it, it's really phenomenal. You did it, it's a really good song. Oh, thank you.
sure. You know, the I'll Chase the Blues Away to me sounds like your future. Uh, yeah, and I, I I hope that the next album is just one big jam session with that. That's awesome. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. I'm always trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah, because so. it was beautiful. <laughs> are you someone that farms out your business side, or you enjoy doing the, the business part I, of the... You know what? I farm it out, but I'm still very much involved. You know, I have a, I have a uh, tour manager, and I have a booking agent. The booking agent I have to have, but I still work very closely with the uh, tour manager and my assistant. Um, I have to be involved i have to know what's going on i'm you, a little bit of a control freak so you're a leo right yes. yeah you're hitting a big something this year yep, right? Tell. Five, two nickels. Yep. How, do, how does that feel you know it's interesting because in my mind i'm still 20 something and once in a while my body says no girlfriend you know but it's and it's how it feels like i got here really fast mm. and uh, then i start looking back and at some some of the things i've been able to accomplish and some of the people i've been able to work with so it, it's a blessing i would not want to go back um i'm happy to be here and hopefully can you know we'll be here another you know five five <laughs> yeah well how are you able to, to juggle all the the hotel rooms and late nights and how does that uh, affect your well-being it takes a toll you know it definitely takes a toll so i i make sure that when i have some time off i really take care i you know, I get my naps in. I'm not afraid to take a nap. Um, I try and drink plenty of water because that's the thing that really give, gives me energy. I used to think, you know, I just used to always do coffee, coffee, coffee. And I try and work. It's hard to work out on the road. I find it hard. But when I'm home, I make sure I'm on it, you know, just uh, all, all of that is important. And, and it's difficult to eat well on the road. I try really hard. But sometimes, you know, it's late at night or hotel late night menu. So um, I'm just conscious, you know, of, of and when I'm home, when I have control of it, over what I can eat and put in, in my body and, and what I do, then I try to be, I, I'm conscious of that and I'm trying to be really, really good about it. Have you come up with a game plan that kind of works for you now? No, no. No? You know, because both my husband and I are musicians and a lot of times we're on the road together or, you know, we're just, uh, so we're just doing it while we can still do it, <laughs> you know, yeah. while we still love it. Thinking of other things. To balance that out, you know, I do hospice, volunteer hospice work, so that's that's good for my for my soul as well, which is important to feed the feed the soul. What are you doing in the hospice? Are you helping um, people while they're in the later stages? Yes, mostly on um, the elderly people that are that are you know in their last months usually of of life, and I'll either keep them company, read to them. Sometimes I play music for them, and sometimes I'm dealing with the family members, you know, if it's especially older, an old, older couple, couple, I might take the other spouse shopping or running errands, or I might do the errands for them. So it's just really being there for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's important. You know, I, I see so many elderly people don't have family members, and it really makes me sad, because that can be any of us. Definitely. Thank you for calling in today. Thank you, and, and thanks for your support. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank Have you very much. Have a great weekend. All right, bye-bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed Something from Baltimore, the show this week with our special guest violinist, Regina Carter. You know, you can listen to Something Came From Baltimore, the podcast, anytime. You don't have to wait. Just subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and all the other platforms. Subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore and be a part of that Be More music scene.